0: Marketing Sweats fans, today I finally get the chance to interview somebody I greatly admire, Dr. Rita Ali, the mayor of Peoria, Illinois, where I live. Dr. Ali has a rich history of community involvement. She has served on numerous commissions and boards, and as she'll share in this interview, she had that spirit even as a young girl. As a teen, she started taking on these leadership roles. You'll come to learn in this interview that she has always followed her idol, Muhammad Ali, who shares her last name, and she believes in sort of having that fighting spirit. She really loves doing things for the young people in our community, mostly at-risk youth, and she wants to help them get the education and career they need to sustain themselves. She was the first director of multicultural services at Bradley University and the first director of diversity at Illinois Central College. And now she's bringing her talents to the role of mayor. She's driven by the opportunity to make a difference in Peoria. She has a vision for what she wants the city to be. And she's working with a number of leaders and many organizations to move Peoria forward. Have a listen and I will see you on the other side. Welcome, Dr. Ali. As I said, I've been excited to interview for several years now. So I just thank you for being here. It means a lot
1: to me. Thank you, Misty. It's a pleasure.
0: I really just want you to start with telling me your story because I don't really know anything about your background or your upbringing. I'd love to hear a little bit about you personally.
1: Well, I'm a Peoria girl. You know, I was born in St. Louis, but we moved to Peoria when I was six years old because my dad found a job at Caterpillar. I went to a place, a school called Lee School. It doesn't exist anymore. They, The building was so old, they eventually tore it down. Right. But I had some wonderful teachers and all the way through seventh grade or through sixth grade, I had all white women teachers wow. and they poured into me. But once I got to seventh grade, Misty, I had my first black teacher. And it was a woman, her name was Diane Newsom. I really learned the power of identification, see it, be it, because it wasn't until I was a student of Diane Newsom that I believed that I could be a teacher too, because I identified with her. That to me spoke to the importance of role models that look like you, whether they're female, whether they're, they share a culture or a color, it's just so important but so i went on from middle school they called it junior high back then to <laughs> manual high school and that's when i really got active uh both i would say politically because i ran for you know freshman class president okay and i was elected i started volunteering in the community and uh, really started kind of getting into social action okay and women's rights and i would say people's human rights or, or civil rights. Girls couldn't take non-traditional type classes like woodshop or automotive or mechanical or architectural drawing back then. We could take wow. cooking and sewing. Wow! And boys could take cooking too, but oh. you know, girls couldn't take those <laughs> other classes. <laughs> yeah. So being the person that I was uh, the fighter in me, I organized uh, girls and boys to fight for the rights for students at Manu. I didn't realize it impacted the whole district, but to take those other courses. And we won that fight. And oh I spearheaded gosh. that effort. And it was great because, you know, they told us the next semester girls could take all the same classes that boys could take. The problem was that no girls signed up for those. courses. <laughs> so, right. being, yes, being the ringleader, I, mm-hmm. I had to sign up. And so sure. I, I took mechanical drawing.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I got an A in the class. I was the only girl. The teacher was outstanding. I finally graduated from high school, but not with my class. Really? Because that uh, last semester of high school, my counselor asked me, what classes do you want to take? I said, how many credits do I need? He said, you need, I think it was three credits. Anyway, you need one class. I said, just give me one class. He said, are you sure? He said, just give me one class. I took that morning class and I would go to school, take the class and then go home and go back to sleep. Oh, funny. You probably deserved it at that point. (laughs) I don't know about that back Uh... then. But what happened was I was in line for practicing for graduation. I had mailed out my invitations, had my cap and gown, and we were just practicing for what was going to happen on Saturday. And one of the pages came and got me and said, your counselor needs to see you. Uh And I go to the counselor's office and he said, we made a mistake. Like, what do you mean we made a mistake? We. Yeah, (laughs) and he said, uh, "You are half a credit short." Oh my gosh! And no, you cannot walk in the ceremony. And I was devastated. I can't even fathom. I was devastated. I cried. I just thought it was so unfair. And for many, many years, I was mad at my counselor. I was hating on him, right? But you know what? I believe it was God that taught me. A lesson, that that was a life lesson. The lesson was that doing just enough to get by does not lead to success. Sure. Doing just enough to get by does not lead to a good relationship, success in relationships, success in school, success in work. And it's just not enough. And that really, once I accepted that, forgave my counselor and accepted that life lesson, I started to become an overachiever.
0: Right. I can tell by your learning. I mean, <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: You have yes. just continued to be a lifelong learner. I did. I, I overachieved academically, ultimately got a, a bachelor's, two master's, and a PhD. I was an overworker. I excelled. Everything that I engaged in, I wanted to be the best.
0: Right. And
1: I didn't want to do just enough to get by anymore i I wanted to do more than what was needed or expected
0: it's so inspiring i have to ask so that that this fighter nature that was in you since a little girl right where did that come from
1: the fighter is in my dna (laughs) yeah yeah but but you know my family we grew up watching muhammad ali fights i'm proud to share the last name, you know, with the greatest. But one thing that he did was he brought a lot of pride to people within the African-American community, a lot of uh, unity. He gave us something to believe in, that we should believe in ourselves. And he was a fighter. And, you know, I picked up that fighting spirit, I think, from admiring and, and watching him, And the struggle, I think, the struggle that we had within my family, growing up in a working class family, having struggles, going fishing to eat at times. And then I became a single parent uh, right after high school at age 19 and dependent for a period of time on welfare. I received a public aid check, a, a food stamps and a medical card. And one day, Misty, I went into my caseworker's office and I had a little bit of college under my belt, not quite a degree, but I asked her, I said, how can I get a job like yours doing what you do? And she told me to go to JCPenney, they're hiring. And I thought, yeah, they're hiring part-time, not a job that's gonna lead me to get off of welfare. So I found out how to go to Springfield to central management services to take the test to become a public aid caseworker. And I did that. I got an A on the test. And about three months later, Misty, I was sitting just a couple desks down from my caseworker doing the same job that she was doing. That is so cool. Yes, it was so cool. And ultimately, I, I moved up in that organization to help other single welfare mothers you know like myself to get those skills and the education that they needed to say goodbye to welfare and be more self-sustaining having a a quality job that would pay a a family sustaining wage
0: i love your stories i mean i almost started crying when you talked about your first african-american teacher and and now you're being that role model for others so um, before I ask you about your current role, tell me a little bit about your sort of work experience to get to this point, because these themes of higher education when your time spent at ICC, are all very important, I'm sure, to what led you to make the decision to ultimately run for mayor. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I left off at working for the state of Illinois, Department of Public Aid is what it was called then, now it's Human Services. But I actually went to work for the city of Peoria next as a vocational counselor. And ultimately became a youth programs coordinator, helping young people in our community, mostly at risk youth, to get skills and an education, to graduate from high school and then to get into a college career. And I love that job. It inspired me. I knew I was helping others and helping my community and helping to reduce crime and, and get kids on the right path. But I got recruited to go to work. For Bradley University as the first director of multicultural student services. And I love that job too. I stayed there for maybe about seven, eight years at Bradley. It took me eight years to get my my bachelor's degree, you know, when I was working and raising a child and trying to go to school at the same time. But the master's happened in 11 and a half months. And, you know, I just continued to go on and, and that higher education. Gave me more freedom. The more education I got, the more money I was able to make, and I was able to have more options in my life. So, I, you know, I became a a big promoter for higher education, and ultimately, I, I went into my own business for a stint, then worked for the private sector for an information technology firm called AIS. I got to live in Washington, D.C. area for two years building their federal business. And so I was there for about seven, eight years and that was kind of my life, seven, eight years here, seven, eight years here, seven, eight years there until I found this job at Illinois Central College. And it was more than a job, it was a career. And at that time it was called Director of Diversity. They, it was the first time they had such a position And I applied and and was selected as their first director of diversity, which ultimately turned into a vice president of workforce and diversity position. I stayed at ICC for 17 wonderful years and really through that organization, I was able to help help the organization in, in impacting lives. the world
0: made you want to run? <laughs> it sounds like you worked for the city before, but that's a pretty big leap to make. Talk a little bit about your why. Sure.
1: You know, I I didn't plan to run at all, Misty. I, I just never had, had that job in my head. Uh, but I did want to be a part of the city council in terms of making decisions to move Peoria forward. I felt that I had something to contribute And that's why I run for city council in the first place. But I lost my first election running for city council. I lost it by one vote. So, you know, I became that poster child for every vote counts. But at the same time, I was a good loser. Uh, Muhammad Ali said, you don't lose if you get knocked down. You lose if you stay down. So, you know, I was that resilient, get back up and run again. And when I ran again at large, I won by a landslide. And so, people, when it was time for the mayoral election, people in the community really came after me. I was almost drafted to <laughs> run. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. 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 And so they they forced me to at least think about it uh, because I said no for such a long time, and this was probably a year before any announcement came. And I was just saying no because how could I? be Peoria's mayor and work in this important job that I had as a vice president at Illinois Central College. One of those was going to suffer. Both of those were going to suffer. So that's that's why I said I could not do it. But I woke up one day and it was almost like, um, wow, really? It was a thought in my head that if I got elected mayor, that I could retire early from my job at ICC and become a full-time mayor for Peoria and really try to give my all to that in a full-time capacity. It was after that that I began to entertain the thought of running. Tell me what it was about the mission of
0: this work that made you feel like you could have the greatest impact on Peoria.
1: I, I saw it as an opportunity to make a difference in the city that I grew up in, and the city that I love so very much. And so I had some ideas that I had not heard from other, other people that were in le- elected office, and I thought this could be an opportunity to implement some of those ideas.
0: Well, let's talk about those because I have probably 10 different questions I could ask you of stuff that I've read in the news that I'm passionate <laughs> to learn more about, but I want to let you speak first to what are you most excited about right now? I mean, what's rising to the top of your priority list?
1: There is so much to be excited about Peoria right now. And you know, I'm excited one that crime is is getting under control because we have a great new police chief with a great plan and we also have the community on board with community-based solutions to reducing gun violence in Peoria. I want people to know that that we're not taking things that have happened over the past few years lightly and we're, you know, there are plans that are underway, that are taking place and and, and our gun violence is going down.
0: Okay. Let's talk about that one for a minute. Tell us a little bit more about what that vision is with the new police chief, because I know this is on all of our hearts.
1: He has what he calls the anti-violence initiative, and it involves putting some surveillance in place so that we can catch some of these criminals who are, you know, and I would say we're talking about the 1%, a very small percent in our community that are doing a a lot of havoc and creating the problems that we're having. So, really capturing those individuals, uh, those really big troublemakers, and getting them off the streets and using all the tools that we have to do that. That means some stops, some searches. It means more surveillance cameras within equipment that are on light poles and, and so forth. It also means, you know, we also have a lot of mental illness within our. Community. So we're working with Unity Point. So we have a co response model, is what it's called, so that mental health workers are working with the police, going to certain visits with the police, so that we can de escalate some of those situations in a way that is more human, more sensitive to the needs of that individual as well as the community. We also have what we call the SNET, the safety network that we've assembled. I was able to launch it last summer, pulling together members of the community and leaders in the community to connect all of our resources together within a safety network. We have a lot of resources, but they're disconnected in many ways. Sure. Through the safety network, every organization within that network and group. Some of them are just individuals and groups and leaders have shared their profiles, the services that they provide so that we know how to make referrals and connect and address the needs in the community. And now we're about to apply technology to that so that we can use technology to better connect one another. And we're in the process, the city will be announcing the posting of a position called the SNET manager. So we're gonna hire a safety network coordinator. We've applied for a grant from the state to actually give our community-based organizations more capacity to provide youth programming uh, because crime is happening at such younger ages, right? So we have to get to the young people, the youth development. We also have to get on the street and have some street intervention. So there's a big strategy in place, both a community response as well as a police response. But the best thing about it, Misty, is that we're working together. Yeah, we're all working together.
0: I know, sort of this, not just the the policing and social justice side of things, but the, just the bigger umbrella of social equity in general was something that you ran on in your campaign. So talk about a little bit more how that's coming to life for you, and and honestly, why you're the right leader to lead it. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I have just years of background in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's been, you know, I've had lots of training and certifications, but really experiences in working with different cultures and being that mediator or that kind of central person that brings different groups with differences together to work toward a common good. And so when we developed, created the city, county, Racial Justice and Equity Commission, made up of 156 people from all different backgrounds, careers, life experiences. They've been meeting for almost a year, not quite, about nine months, I would say. And they are working to help to close those disparities that are based on race. And Mm -hmm. so we have eight different topic areas from housing to the justice system to transportation, adult and child development, information technology, several healthcare, (laughs) and I know I'm missing probably one or two, but these committees will actually come together at a meeting at the Civic Center on June the 16th, and they will report out their initial findings and recommendations For removing barriers and helping to close disparities based upon race. So I'm excited about the work that they're doing. The steering committee led by Tim Birchie and Mary Peterson meets on a regular basis. They're doing just a fantastic job. And so we are committed to equity, and uh, we're seeing it in a lot of areas from social development to programs uh, that we're getting funded for because the federal government is also focused on equity. When we look at government funding, it always now has an equity focus. When we look at state funding, it now has an equity focus. And equity is often misunderstood, but it's even better than equality because it says that we're meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes fairness means giving one individual or one group a little more sure. because they need more. Sure, yeah. Well, I know Semanal
0: is on our DEI journey and I have been helping work with that committee and even ICC, but it's been such a good space for me to lean into uncomfortable, right? So I'm excited that the city at large is leaning into that and helping businesses like us, yes, right? Come along right. in the process. That's
1: fantastic.
0: Talk a little bit more then about just the role of mayor. You're the first woman mayor. You're the first black mayor. What did that mean to you to be able to take that on? Or did you even think about it?
1: Well, sure. I had to think about it because I have to think about what it does for little girls to see me just like I saw my seventh grade teacher and to say, if she can do that, I can do it too. You know, it's that whole see it, be it. I'm the first woman, the first black, but it means being first means that I won't be the last. Yeah, I want to be that role model. I want to be that inspiration to other women to say that women can be leaders and women can be successful at leading a, a city. I am walking and working in my passion and in my purpose every day. And it is a challenge because it's such a huge responsibility, and the schedule is unlike any that I've ever had before. It's it's a daily, very full schedule, and it's, it doesn't end at five o'clock, and it doesn't end because you have a weekend. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday has an agenda all the time oh my gosh. so it's a very busy job I'm in much demand more than I thought that I would be and I think I'm probably in more demand because I am that woman or I am that first African American and people want some exposure to me so I get invited you know even to family reunions and, <laughs> <laughs> and some interesting type events but I try to be as the cheerleader for the city but also having that voice in saying, this is the direction that I want to move Peoria. Just like I want Peoria to become a smart city or get on a pathway to becoming a smart city. Uh, I had done research years ago about smart city development and Columbus, Ohio being kind of the smartest city in the Midwest, also the fastest growing wow. city in the Midwest. And, and one of those nationally. But smart cities use utilities effectively to save money. They use smart lighting, they use efficient type of tools. They also are big on EVs, electric vehicles that are good mm-hmm. for the environment. They make sure that everybody's connected through broadband, Wi-Fi. I want to be a connected city because a connected city is a safer city. A connected city is really a smart city. It helps us to work together and become more unified. So we're working on some initiatives that will provide broadband for everybody, regardless of their income, regardless of the geographic area where they live. And it's really gonna help us in, in many ways. But Peoria is growing. Actually, there's national news out there that we're one of the most affordable cities to live in in terms of housing. I don't like the word cheap. I think the last (laughs) article said we had the cheapest housing. (laughs) Right. But but what it meant was that we had more affordable quality housing for people to live in. And we need more. We need a lot more. So that's that's a priority of mine to make sure that we have more housing stock.
0: Well, what I love about the way you're talking is it's clear to me you have a vision right at the 30,000 foot view. I went out and I read. So on your website, it says Vision 2023 is to have a safe, beautiful and growing city. Is that still the vision for
1: Peoria? It's been a while since we've done any real comprehensive strategic planning that engaged the community. When I first came on the council a couple years ago, we had a consultant come in and the city council spent three full days doing some initial planning and, and then we put together, I think, the documents. But what I am interested in doing or what we're going to do uh, beginning this year is have more of a comprehensive strategic planning process that engages the key stakeholders within business, community-based organizations, the major employers, residents, neighborhood associations, getting them all engaged and being a part of creating a new vision for Peoria and a new plan for Peoria. What do we want? We as key stakeholders, all of us want Peoria to look like 5, 10, 15, and 20 years from now. It's time for for new voices at the table and for people to have a plan that they can own and they can say, I was a part of. So we'll have a structure in place for community strategic planning. And everybody who wants to be a part of it will have an opportunity to, to join in this process.
0: So talk a little bit about the past year, where you wanted to take Peoria. And now after having all of these conversations, kind of where your head and heart are now.
1: I'm excited that we got through a budget passed. <laughs> that, that was a big <laughs> sure. deal because it was a two-year budget. The budget drives what we're going to do with services. So People are going to be really surprised to see that we're going to do some major road work and we need it right in Peoria. We're going to do some major road work. We're going to put up a lot of new lighting that's going to make neighborhoods more walkable. We have some major projects like the development of MacArthur Highway, a complete street project that will draw more businesses to that major artery within our community. And, you know, it's really an extension of the warehouse district, which is growing. People are buying up properties. New businesses are are coming to Peoria. I'm excited about the biotech type businesses that have joined the new laboratories like Veloxity Labs. We have Pringle Robotics that is going to build a new facility, likely in the north part of the city. But a lot of innovation is one thing that I'm I'm seeing in the new businesses. There's a lot of people, and I, I think almost that the pandemic drove more people to think about going into their own business. And maybe yes. they had more time at home to start thinking about sure. that. But we're seeing a lot of new entrepreneurs wanting to set up shop in Peoria. And I'm excited about that. I mean, the Civic Center, we just had our sellout concert there. So people are starting to get out again and start to enjoy recreation and and social life. But building our downtown is a big deal, Misty. And it's really kind of a, a bellwether that if you can build your downtown and attract people to your downtown, then your city is going to do well. So we have a lot of plans for downtown development, both the Central Warehouse District, the kind of the hospital zone and the warehouse district and all those areas in terms of attracting more businesses and supporting those businesses so that they will attract and be successful and thrive.
0: You talked about the startup community and Samantha happens to sit at the innovation district, as it was once defined, with things like distillery labs or natural fiber welding and some. The, so where is this culture of innovation coming from? While at the same time, I hear you saying there's some basic infrastructure stuff that we need to do financially in the community to be able to sort of fuel that.
1: I think that it is coming from the need for more technology to be efficient, to be connected, to be on the cutting edge of Business technology is a a requirement now, so people I think are being very creative in terms of the types of business ideals that they have. Distillery Labs is supporting that, and hopefully, sometime this year, they will actually open shop to several new businesses uh, to support them in like a lab uh, I forget what you call incubator that's what it's called like an incubator type of setting to help them start well with the type of support that they need to drive. And Peoria has always historically been that type of business. Try it here, nurture it, and if it plays here, it can it can be successful anywhere, right? I think it's great. I just I think that innovation is where it's at. I love technology myself. I think that we all have to be more connected but but we have to realize that there are disparities and if we address those disparities it's going to make all of us stronger and the entire city stronger
0: right you mentioned healthcare in our community and i think that that's super exciting all that both healthcare networks in our region have going on but i've heard it said that as that we're evolving a little bit from sort of a manufacturing-based community to more of a healthcare-centric area so tell me a little bit about the conversations you're a part of in that space
1: Sure, well healthcare is our largest employer. It didn't used to be that way, but healthcare between our two big entities of UnityPoint and OSF, and then all those connecting, Heartland Healthcare and the University of Illinois, a school of medicine, all those uh, entities coming together make us the, the largest employer for healthcare. And then there's suppliers that support those entities. So, in a meeting that I had about ten days ago with o s f they told me they had a thousand openings wow. a thousand job openings that they have not been able to fill yet, yeah, so you know that speaks to the need for the Illinois central colleges and the education and training entities in helping to build the skills because we really do have the people, we just need the people that have the skills to fill all those jobs that we have. And But it also is an opportunity to draw people from other places to live in this great city of Peoria. Healthcare is very important. Um, There are health disparities uh, within our city. I have to speak to 61605 zip code areas being one of those. The lifespan of, say, a Black man living in 61605 compared to a white person living in the North part of Peoria can be 10 to 12 years difference, lower. So those are disparities that we have to address using equity, making sure that we get the services that are needed in those areas of the greatest need.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that's been in the news historically, and I've heard people debate how factual this is, but I know that Peoria ranks low on places for Black people to live. So you mentioned several things today we're already doing to address that, but is there initiatives focused sort of squarely on that issue?
1: Absolutely. We have a plan, and it's a really strong, solid plan. It's called the Peoria Cradle to Career Initiative. So the Cradle to Career Initiative is a strategy for transforming Peoria zip code 61605 because it's one of the most distressed in the country, but it will help to address the educational needs, the workforce needs, the broadband and Wi-Fi needs by providing family support resources, family support navigators, we call it, into these homes to find out their healthcare needs, their housing needs, a list, a battery of all different types of assessments To determine their needs and then to wrap those services around this family to make sure that they have what they need to be successful. So we applied for a $30 million grant from the federal government. They awarded seven programs nationally. We were number 11. We came in at number 11 uh, so we are applying again this year, and have been encouraged to do so. But in the meantime, we got a jumpstart grant that has been awarded to ICC to jumpstart the Peoria Cradle to Career initiative to begin those assessments, and we'll apply again for the big money for the implementation. And that was with the help of Representative Sherry Bustos, who earmarked $500,000, a half a million dollars, for us to jumpstart that initiative.
0: I want to pivot on you for a minute because i haven't gotten asked something that i think is intriguing to a lot of us and that is this passenger rail service from peoria to chicago i know it's a long-term vision but talk a little bit about how huge that would be not only for peoria but for you to be able to lead us through something like that
1: i'm so happy you asked about that it's an initiative that i've been talking about for about four years that i want to see passenger rail brought to peoria amtrak in particular i don't believe that Peoria being the largest metropolitan area without passenger rail, that we should continue to accept that in Illinois, that we should continue to accept that. And we should not have to drive to Galesburg or Bloomington to get on a train to go to Chicago that can take us to many other places throughout the nation. We should have access. And that's an equity issue too. We should have access right here in Peoria to get on a train that can take us to wherever we want to go in the country. It will be a game changer in terms of economic development and talking with Representative LaHood and the son of Ray LaHood. He said that it was a true game changer for Bloomington Normal to bring in passenger rail. It really impacted their economy in a positive way. But so I tapped into the support and teamship of Secretary Ray LaHood, former U.S. Secretary of Transportation, to be my partner in helping to bring passenger rail to Peoria. So we co-chair a group that started with about 20 uh, stakeholders and leaders here in Peoria. And then now we've expanded it to include mayors and elected representatives and city managers along that route from Peoria to Morris and Dixon area, LaSalle, Peru, into Joliet and, and Chicago. So everybody has really joined us in this effort to make it a stronger business case for bringing passenger rail. We put out an interest survey that we had over 31,200 responses to. And for the most part, there, people are saying, we want this, it's important we have it, we want fast, frequent, and affordable trains to come to Peoria. And it will take a while for it to happen. The feasibility study should be wrapped up next month. It, it includes a ridership study. It will have some high level cost estimates, and they will be high. Sure. We know that they'll be high. But we believe that we're going to become part of this corridor, what they call a corridor ID identification program with the Federal Railroad Administration. And if we get accepted into that, it will put us on a pathway of programs that are in line to be funded by the federal government.
0: Do you just go home at night and think, how am I doing all these things? I mean, the scale, Dr. Ali, of what you're touching.
1: I can't take credit. I'll (laughs) I'll give all the glory to God.
0: Well, I love that. And even your, I love that you keep pointing back to God. God, make me an instrument of your peace and love. That's on your bio. So your faith is really important to you, I can tell. Given that this is a marketing show, right, I see that Peoria's brand is evolving. Talk a little bit about, through your lens, how you see our brand evolving and who we're going to be when we grow up.
1: Oh, sure. I think Peoria's brand is evolving, and that's through collaboration. We are collaborating, I think, more than we ever have, and it's by leadership working together, working with J.D. D'Alfonso and the Discover Peoria initiative working with Joshua Gunn and the Chamber and CEO Initiative, working with Chris Setti and the Greater Peoria Economic Development Council Initiatives. Really, we all work extremely well together. And there's others, you know, that are involved as well. And I was trying to think of the name of this initiative that kind of brought a lot of people together in terms of lending their voices. I can't seem to think of it right now, but through collaboration, we are building a strong brand. We have several plans out there that under our new strategic plan, we're gonna bring all those plans together and tie the dots together so that it's not these separate plans that are disconnected. We're going to bring all these plans together and say, this is how they're all connected. And so it's through collaboration that we'll be successful and building Peoria's brand. And you guys, you yeah. Samantha <laughs> helps to build our brand as I well. Hope you so. make us look pretty. That's important.
0: We're very passionate about Peoria. Obviously, community is one of our values. So I do hope that we get the chance to help. That said, I I can't say enough how much I not only see the connection of the dots more than I ever had before, but the doers, right? It's not people sitting in a room. You're physically seeing change in our community. And I think that that's what's causing this shift.
1: I agree totally. I just want people to know that a lot of work is being done. Much of that behind the scenes, it may not be on the front page of the news all the time, but there's a lot of exciting things that are are going on. And as time goes on, we'll be able to reveal those things.
0: We're so happy to have your leadership in guiding us through that. We'll get back to the rest of the interview in just a minute, but first I wanna tell you about our sponsor, Samantha. I happen to know a thing or two about them because well, I'm one of the owners. We are an industrial consumer marketing firm with an obsessive focus on customer experience. We create killer campaigns, but we also help organizations create programs that align back to their business strategies. Most importantly, we have a lot of fun and love what we do. And this year marks 40-ish years of doing it. Unfortunately, there's not enough time to explain the ish on this promo. But if you know us, you'll know it makes perfect sense. And if you don't, please reach out. We'd love to talk. Or you can head to semantle.com slash blog to learn more about us with articles, tips and tricks, do-it-yourself tools, and much more to help you keep learning and growing right alongside us. What are some core beliefs that you hold true that are going to sort of be your compass as you steer the ship from here forward?
1: My core beliefs are that we can do a lot more working together in unity than we can working on our own. I think that working together, despite our differences, will take us a long, long way. Just continuing to share the love for Peoria, I consider myself an ordinary person who puts forth extraordinary effort to get things done. And so I think that that can apply to everybody. We're ordinary people, but we can put forth a lot of effort to make a difference in our community. Oh, I love that so much. That's all that I would ask for anybody is do your part.
0: I love it. What is a question that you are struggling with right now that you'd love to ask someone
1: else? How do you want to get involved? What are your talents that you want to bring to help Peoria? Everybody has gifts and talents. How would you like to apply yours in helping Peoria? I love that. I love that
0: at an individual level, at an organizational level, there's lots of conversations that create. So again, thank you, thank you for being here. I loved learning about you, your story, and all the good work you're doing. And I hope that we can keep in touch and hopefully do some good work together.
1: Yes, I think so, thank you. Well, there you
0: have it. That is Peoria Mayor Dr. Rita Ali, and I certainly took so many lessons from sitting with her for an hour. She just really believes that just doing just enough to get by does not lead to success. And I so believe in the value of hard work and she's sincerely done that. She puts her heart into everything she's doing for Peoria's progress. And as she put it, she's just an ordinary person putting forth an extraordinary amount of effort. And that was very clear from our conversation. I hope that in listening to this, you're as inspired as I am to take action, like she said, because we can all be working together more in this community. And as we work together, we'll create real change. So while there's still much to do in our small town here of Peoria, I'm excited about the future and how this interview inspired me to get involved even more myself and encourage others to do the same. If you like what you heard today, check out more episodes at our website, marketingsweats.com or find us wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. Thanks so much.